Hello and welcome to the Tabletop Colin Show with Adam Bell and Jeremy Gage. I'm Adam Bell of the two of those. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adam E. Bell. You can find my games at Adam E. Bell dot games. Uh, they're cool. Grasping nettles coming out soon. You love to hear it. Uh, Jeremy, what's up? Who are you? I'm Jeremy Gage. You can see, find me at Jeremy, Jeremy Gage 5 over on oh. Twitter. You can also check out the Draw Your Dice pod where I talk with super cool indie game designers. Uh, had a really cool conversation with ZDXU who just did the Kickstarter for Reach of the Roach God. So uh, go check that shit out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Okay. Yeah, that's us. Uh, and I think that's the show. <laughs> good night everybody it's all right um no what are we talking about uh what do we do here talking yeah. about talking to people right it's it's a call-in show week so the queue is open uh let's see if the chatbot works today it always just decides it sure does uh to call in join the discord and follow the steps there um or not you know <laughs> we've proven on the other weeks that we could just chat for an hour uh so if you don't call in we'll find our own damn content i don't know please call in yeah. <laughs> it's fun talking to you <laughs> yeah we're scared don't we, make us do it don't make us have to change our name is the thing yeah. like if people stop calling in and it just becomes us okay, talking well, that's a whole show? right yeah i've seen you you've been i don't know if it's been on purpose but you've been flirting with that name like on twitter have I? At least once. I saw you said the table talk. <laughs> Flirting with the, it one time. The, it was like the table talk show. I don't know. Because table talk was, is not bad. I, There's, every morning, mm-hmm. I wake up, have my shot of gin, yeah. eat breakfast. Wait. <laughs> then my shot of whiskey, then coffee. <laughs> and I come on, to Jerry. This is a different show now. We have to to talk to you about your gin and whiskey in the morning habit. (laughs) What? That's a lot to just. What do you? What's your morning routine? Oh boy, I don't have one. I'm not a big routines guy. How about you make one up at this moment? Okay, great. Um, What's your ideal morning routine? The ideal morning routine: I spring out of bed at exactly eight thirty-six. A.M. I'm ejected out of bed by some spectral force. I'm standing straight up. I put a shirt on. I walk out of my room. I feed my cats because they're screaming. That one's real. (laughs) I go for a 15-mile run. It takes me 15 minutes. I stop at Aldi on the way home. Wait. (laughs) I buy... The vegan chicken patties. I eat the whole box as I walk home. They're still frozen. Why aren't you in the Olympics? What's happening? <laughs> Getting endorsements. I, uh... What's after that? By that time, yeah, it is 9 o'clock p.m. A.M. Nope. Shit. I sold myself down the river. It's 9 p.m. now. I go to bed and do it again all in the morning. Rise and grind. Rise and grind. That's how we make money. I wake That's... up at 5 a.m., I drink coffee, I check all of my stocks. <laughs> it's now 5.30. I log into 
all 16 different crypto exchanges that I currently have currency on. I check on my drop shipping. <laughs> I hit the gym for three hours. I come home. <laughs> I upload a new blank PDF to Etsy and I'm call just it a journal. Breakfast. It's a steak. It's a T-bone steak. <laughs> With or without the egg? No. What? It's doesn't really count science, science as breakfast that eggs are high cholesterol according to my sigma male <laughs> newsletter i follow every morning is this a keto show now what are we doing is keto we big keto guys <laughs> i wake up i chug a glass of olive oil <laughs> <laughs> there was a period for a while where i was uh like doing the oil rinse thing like every couple weeks because I was mm -mm. it works it's like a thing I felt I felt I good in my I mouth I don't know what you mean by oil rinse and I don't think I like it <laughs> you for like 20 minutes you swish around oil in your it's like it's called oh, okay. oil pooling uh, you swish oil in your mouth and mm, then 20 minutes what happens is all the big the back Bacteria gets like osmosis in there. Sure. Uh, do not let it touch the back of your throat because it becomes highly toxic at some point. Uh, you could get sick, and then <sighs> you yeah, it's it was mm -hmm. a lot. Though uh, it is an alternative for not going to the dentist and not drinking water. It's the solution if you don't want to drink a lot of water. Well, you don't need to drink water if you eat enough high animal fat foods. And that's, that's a fact that I've read on Twitter. Convenient. Yeah, if you just eat butter. Okay, when you said oil rinse, I thought you were rinsing out, like, the entire system. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I immediately recoiled. I, I, yeah, I thought it was like the juice situation where you're just drinking oil every day for a month and it rinses out your innards. And I was like, this isn't good. <laughs> this is Jeremy. Come on. Uh, chat is going crazy <laughs> right now. I thought, see, this is for those of you listening in podcast or VOD. You're missing out on being a part of this wonderful group that is really talking about our morning. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't include NFTs, and thank you, uh, uh, Brandon Leon Gambetta, uh, for fucking. I also have to check my NFT cryptocurrency. Yeah, I I mint a new JPEG that my computer spit out. It's a fucking, it's worse than a Picru. <laughs> NFT is going to change traditional art in the next year. Stop. Like, we will no longer want. <laughs> yeah, each call, each call of this show is actually registered on the blockchain. So, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> We're gonna sell your calls. <laughs> audio <sighs> nfts you know i'm not above it well i mean all of the i don't know if you saw this but all of the nfts are just stored on google drive so yes you, you can definitely just do the audio ones no problem absolutely because the only the only thing actually stored on the fucking blockchain is like two bytes of code that say this is an nft and that's it it's all it's the biggest most beautiful right now i'm literally <laughs> uploading you're minting it it's of draw your dice at to sell to other people. Mm -hmm. It will own five minutes of the podcast. You own this for real. Yeah, totally, for definitely. Real. You definitely own it. I saw a crazy tweet of 
I don't know who posts this, but it has to be a mutual of ours, but uh, just someone raging on Twitter about someone doing a screenshot of their NFT, and they were, like, threatening, like, delete that screenshot. It's my art. I'm like, bruh. Get your hands off my JPEG. Yeah. <laughs> Get your filthy, grubbing hands off my it's fucking Smeagol situation over here with NFTs, dude. Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, we got off to a start quick, here. Yeah. Oh, what were you going to say? Is there a call for you? I was just going to say hello to everyone real quick. Everyone in the who showed up in the chat. Hello, Dan. Hello, Jimmy. Hello, Will. Hello, Eli. Hello, B. Leon Gambetta. Question. Hello. Yes. Should we start over here? Should we remember that we talk about games? Or should we just take this call and see if the energy rides through? <laughs> And lastly, hello, C. Fram. And yes, let's absolutely let. I don't. Uh, this is the call-in show, and sometimes it's. It reminds me of Letter Kenny when the fucking all their friends call in for their season five stupid show. It's like, hey, just saying hello. How are you? How's how's just the family? Just here to chat. It's about gardening, dude. Just chat. Bring in, bring in Will. Get get Will. Right, yeah, me. we've got Discord user and friend of the show, Will Yobst, in the waiting room and I'm dragging them up now. I like to do that so that if Will's still watching yeah. the feed, you know, there's this preparation time and hello. Hey, Thanks can you hear me? Okay. Sure can. Yeah. Crystal clear. Crystal clear. Hey, like Will, in the room with us. Will Yopes here wondering if you two are good. <laughs> <laughs> We're so good. I mean, I've been up since four o'clock this morning what and I've fuck? already completed three days of work. <laughs> Jerry, hang on. You told me you had a busy morning planned. I didn't know it started seven hours ago. I hope it's true. I'm not gonna. Don't verify. <laughs> oh, I'm don't just... worry. I have it logged. Uh, I use the Upwork time counter. I'm doing good. The sun has arrived in Pittsburgh for I think the first time in maybe two weeks. And so I can already feel my brain crawling out of its little <laughs> shell. <laughs> Funny how that works. You don't notice it happening until it's gone. I feel like we all forget about the dark ages that happen once a year. And then we're like, it's like cataclysmic. <laughs> right. it, down. it really is. It's too much. The it's like constantly rewritten. Just in the lighthouse when they don't know how many weeks they've been there. And it's just <laughs> oh my God. raining. It's like, oh God. What a fucking wild movie. I, still I love to, that movie. I still need it's to watch that movie. It's a good movie. movie. It just, I was not ready for certain bits to happen. That's all. I've played the tabletop game based on it, the wikis, but I've not watched oh, the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I am contractually obligated to make a game about every Eggers movie. Uh, so I, I have a design for the lighthouse in my head, ready to go when I'm I'm free. <laughs> when I'm released. Yeah. When will how are when you, doing? you? And also, when will you be free? Oh, yeah. right. I I, uh, I am finishing up the torque layout right now. Um, so that's going great. Uh, definitely. I'm going to be ready by December for it to be out. So then Ooh. obviously we're all lacing up our clown shoes again for Zine Quest. <laughs> um, <laughs> so here's a funny one. I'm thinking about 
what if I did a make 100 in January and then did a zine quest? What if I just hated myself for three months straight? I have a better suggestion. Uh huh. Do do a make 100. Do a zine quest. Revive break Kickstarter and do that okay. one. <laughs> and do that in March. Yeah. <laughs> And then do whatever kind of like web three thing they're going to do this summer, because you know, they're going to do that. <laughs> Some kind of web three sludge projects going down the line. Uh, we made a new way for you to hate graphic designers uh, for 2022. <laughs> it's like a fucking Apple keynote situation. <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, I just want to say I love the energy this morning on the Tabletop Collins show. I'm thinking about the moment that the oil becomes toxic in your mouth. <laughs> you can, can no longer have it touch the back of your throat. I'm doing the best to um, not think about that. It seems like a problem. What kind of activation is happening? <laughs> Yeah, what kind of oil are we dealing with? Is are you swashing mineral oil? Like, <laughs> what is up? mineral, mineral oil? PC build does not recommend ingesting mineral oil of any kind. That's fine. You can do that. Isn't that a laxative? No, I think so. We uh, the the recommend is is coconut oil. That's uh, a solid at room temperature. <laughs> that's why. That's why it's in your mouth. mouth, right? That's yeah. it's the it's God's oven, right? So <laughs> you're activating the coconut oil. Uh, wow. Yeah, look, mineral oil for it. You could use this. I wouldn't... like any any kind of self care that makes me put down a tarp beforehand. Is <laughs> something I like. <laughs> Jeremy's gone. <laughs> um, so I've got a topic I wanted both of your thoughts on. <laughs> Are you sure? If you wanted to go into game design. If not, I'm happy Let's just go. to hang out. Um, <laughs> Rise and grind. I've already completed 18 projects today. Stop it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I've already upworked my downstream this morning, so um, so uh, it is near the end of November, which is a nightmare, but also it means uh, the God, near the end. Uh, tech jam life path uh, thing that the brain trust does is coming to a close. Um, so I wondered what your two thoughts on um, life path systems are and stuff like that. Me. Point at me. Um, I got what? a solo question last time, so this is you start. That was two weeks ago. It doesn't really count as last time when we do a whole episode between hand. Uh, <laughs> I think life paths are cool. I think I want to make one, but just don't have it. Don't have the time to do it now. But um, excited to see what what people come up with. But uh, I the reason I want to make one is like one of the games that I'm working on which I eventually pivoted to skill tree. Like cool. I, I was originally like, what if I did life paths? And then I was like, that would take a lot of time. What to... is a skill tree, but a forward facing life path. It's like a life path without the, without the, cause there's definitely some 
interlap there, right? So right. You... Skull Tree's interesting because you can see, you can create your future path down. Right. Like, that's kind of what this term of uh, class expression, like you can see your next five steps to fully express yourself mechanically mm. through the game. Right, yeah, you know, where you have a goal, you have a fully mechanical goal in mind that you want to go there so that you can get a new button to press on your character sheet. I can make the sniping action. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's usually something like that. Um, But yeah, so like a life path to be feels like it adds, it takes the idea of a skill tree and obviously, I don't know very many life path systems. So, you know, the one I do know is is made by... uh, well, a person that no longer works at Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, the artist formerly known as head of games. <laughs> <laughs> More like burning bridges. <laughs> hey. Oh. So I kind of see the life path system as a like obfuscated and then narrativized skill tree where you're less incentivized to be like, oh, I want the big sniper button on my character sheet and more to be like, I want my character to have served time in the fantasy military so that I can have a sniper. <laughs> right? So I like... may take a sniping action. <laughs> I sorted my military jets for 90 years and died. <laughs> So I may snipe as a pre-action. <laughs> Tra- Traveler is wacky, huh? I do. Oh, yeah. I I need to get my hands on Traveler thing. so I can just embed it deep into my brain. Um, Tra- Traveler's got this thing where uh, they released basically a source book slash scene for every alien that they made up. And it includes a linguistic section. Great. So there is a random table array to create a word that that alien would say. <laughs> and that is a little game you could play for up to 45 minutes to make one 12 syllable <laughs> word. <laughs> Numbers choose. <sighs> so, yeah, I guess what happens with the life path when you start playing? Does the life, it kind of fades away, right? Yeah, it uh, it goes. It's like a defamiliarized character creation that just mm. in those the classic examples they just disappear. But um, I feel like there's a ton of we talk about on the what will then come out in this week's episode of the Brain Trust podcast with Adam Bass <laughs> and myself. We talk about um, a playing the life path as a series of heists. Uh, like it's like your story of being a young and dumb bank robber to your last gig where it all goes wrong. And so you, the life path is what happens between heists and then you spend resources out of your life. But what led you to robbing a bank again? It's mm. not a, a good job to have robbing a bank. So <laughs> you, you gotta be pushed there. Yeah. We, we tried to explore like what, what it looks like to, um, shift into a life path mode of play and then real time play and then make make them harmonize with each other. Yeah, I like that. I like the the bringing it back in because that is the thing that always tripped me up about the idea of a life path is like it seems really cool 
and you spend all this time designing it and then spend all this time like interacting with it as a player and then you just go play a completely different game yeah <laughs> so that's Which, like you know we we like games that are a couple games but i want to yeah. i want to be friends with that part more than mm. it lets me yeah because that's a cool part which is kind of why I switched to a skill tree, and then I think I will, once that game is finished, I want to later later add a transparency layer of a life path system on top of it, maybe. So that oh, in cool. some way interacts with the skill tree, so you could figure out, like, your starting character, but then you know and can use, like, okay, this... If I go this way, like if I need, if I wanted to get to there from character creation, this is the life path, and so it gives you kind of like a narrative guideline on how to get around on that skill tree i don't know it's still a twinkle in my eye but uh we'll figure it out i I like the idea of a game that fully acknowledges that there's no free will and that the life path is set before you (laughs) and you explore that in play i think rpgs is a cool place to do that being like famously the most sandbox way to play a game like what if you knew that there were five bullet points of your life that you have to do to mm-hmm. complete the arc of your character. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how uh, classes work in Torque, that you have a class and it has like four events that you might partake in, and it gives you like a menu of things to do at these rest stops hanging out. So like one class is all about bringing the internet to different communities to share social media, and one is just setting up a dating profile for... <laughs> someone in the community mm-hmm. and you know that you're going to do that at some point right. but so, so why not you, now yeah why not now it just yeah it's like seeing all of the weapons in a D table you're like well there is a scimitar apparently i gotta get one of these things <laughs> it was kind of like taking away that shopping menu instead making it like a itinerary for a long vacation Jeremy, what do you got? We got about life paths. You, you have anything to weigh in here? Yeah, I think about going backwards a lot recently. Uh, how do you feel about Riot Games? Feel how you feel? I liked the Arcane show, and I think it was a really good example of like how to do uh, potentially prequel television. And so, uh, one of the two games I'm working on called Astral Journey has you you're at like the final boss you're in the moment before you take on the final boss but they're too strong to take on so all of the it's based on final fantasy so all the warriors of light have to travel back in time and go to key moments and like rewrite history essentially so i think a lot about like having the end state presented before you when you start an rpg theory crafting game uh and kind of working backwards of why is this moment important to your character how did we get here uh and you know why are we involved all those things i think about like i I i'm also very interested in like generational telling like multiple characters that you make over the campaign session in that like you have this one character you do some things they start a town you go like a hundred thousand whatever your game's uh, elastic scope is and then uh you have another family another character play they alter the region or whatever. they have 
this butterfly effect. But I'm I'm just been really curious about like developing a history from an endpoint and just working backwards, like looking at the past rather than the future, because I think it would also help strengthen like backstory developing for more traditional games. I don't know. That's that's what I think about for life. Cool. I love that diving toward a goal. That stuff is always really attractive to me. And so making that like each generation has whatever multiple hits that they can aim for mm -hmm. or whatever. I love that. That mm -hmm. I like knowing vaguely the end and figuring out the how. Mm -hmm. That is yeah. such a good flavor. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot too. It's something I, whenever I like run D and D campaigns or anything like that, or also why I really like Band of Blades that like we we have to get to this end point our story is the middle like mm -hmm. we know what the beginning was we know what the end is so all the exploration is in the middle of the sandwich which is i mean unless you're getting really good bread uh that's like that's the meat of the sandwich is the is the middle part so and usually the one that like has the meandering and i'm very like traditional games focused in my designs lately or in my uh scholarly pursuits so i think a lot of the time the middle gets it's emergent but it's also like fl flubbery in a mm. way um so i would love some games that kind of strengthen how to story tell the middle of games by providing you both the start and the finish at the same time it's it's interesting because a hallmark of like the 2000s to 2010s story games is really strong intro and end procedure for games mm -hmm. like they are the most intense and it's interesting to see like the wax and wane of that technique of playing a story game or something like that U using those like i feel like session zero came out of that sort of story game style play that trad yeah. play then was like what if we did respect each other's time <laughs> <laughs> what would that look like? <laughs> well, that that was my question. Um, I think I'll hop off to let other people get on, but thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Great talking to you. Do you want to... We've talked about Torque and also the Brain Trust. Would you like to shout about those one last time or... Yeah, uh, Campfire <laughs> is out. Oh, yeah. People are getting their Campfires, the anthology horror storytelling game. Uh, that's got what I would like to call hella beginning and end procedures and in the middle procedures. Uh, <laughs> it's really cool. Love seeing people unbox it. Um, it's available at worldchampgames.io. I believe that's the, the website. You'll find it with any combination of those. Um Torx at pre-order at goodluckpress.co along with a lot of other stuff. Check it out. But otherwise, thank you both so much for having me. Of course. Talk to you later. Peace out. I will. Gone. Um, it's interesting because I just wanted to, to talk about something real quick because I was thinking about Burn Champagne, which for the viewer, that is my eventually upcoming game about, it's like an episodic TV style story about rich families that is is broken down into basically 30 minute chunks of gameplay and i had the idea the other day 
that I wrote down in like a hurry, like, Ooh, that's good. That, um, at the beginning of each episode or at the beginning of each, I think season, I want each, which is a session of play. I want each player to be like, this is a thing I want to see happen. Like a long-term thing. So like, if you've got, you know, you know that one character is going to be a villain. It's like, I want to see this, this villain, like, take care of some grand plan. And it's like a fully GM-less, nobody has a specific character thing. Mm-hmm. So it feels like that's a great way to work in, like, motivations for players to, like, guide the story towards each other's goals. I'm excited to, uh, <laughs> to check that out at some point. To write it into my... I'm excited to check out my own thought sometimes. Well, I want to play it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I want... yeah. Not enough, too many games that I'm making, we're making, not enough time to even play them, which makes sense because you can really only make one at a time. Not can six. <laughs> well, I work on my trad adventure <laughs> fucking Metroidvania as well. <laughs> All right, oh. we've got uh, two users in the call. So the first in the call queue, Whoa. the first one is return guest uh, Matt Fennell coming in right now hello and welcome to the tabletop calling show hey thanks for having me what's going on hey yeah it's uh it's good to hear from you guys i was i was real excited when i saw that you were bringing the show back and then uh i every monday i'm like okay gotta remember to take lunch early watch the show (laughs) and every monday i forget but uh i am quote unquote working today so it was this was the first time where i was like able to actually catch it because i'm not working i'm just sitting at the kitchen <laughs> table drinking coffee oh yeah yes yeah so um yeah but uh I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be back and actually i i think i have i think i've got a i think i've got a good one um so i uh i'm, I'm back in maryland um and i was trying to figure out okay what games do i want to bring to try to play with my um with my old group my my fifth edition group um and i i've brought different things over time but this time i thought the thing that might work really well is um a dungeon crawl classics funnel mm-hmm. so i kind of went through like the funnel rules for that and it seems like i think it's i think it's really gonna work i think it's gonna be a hit um I, I picked up just one of the classic funnels and then the day that i was getting ready to leave in the mail arrived a kickstarter reward um from zine quest last year called blackout in crater valley which is a um well it's called a vhs era slasher rpg (laughs) by someone called zog um and it's just a dungeon crawl classics funnel right like it's not a hack of the dcc rules it's like it's a funnel for that game without the rules changed but it's like hey instead of being you know a classic 70s magic dungeon that we're sending these people into it's hey you're a bunch of teenagers in a town and there's a slasher with the chainsaw killing people. Um, and I thought that I, I like I, when I backed it, I was positive that they were going to be all right. Well, surely they'll have to adapt the rules somehow, but like, it's pretty much just straight up. Here's a funnel. Here's tables with teenagers instead of tables with peasants. Um, and that's kind of it. So that got me thinking, I know something that we clown on a lot is like, Oh, you can use fifth edition to run anything. Right. Just like, mm-hmm. Hey, this, that X, Y, Z in fifth edition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think seeing something like this almost gets me thinking like, okay, what are other games where, you know, instead of going through all of the energy and additional kind of overhead that you have to do to like write hacks and come up with custom rule sets, 
Um, do we think there's any other games where you could just like run something in almost a completely different genre and still almost have it work? Um, like the 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 example that that has jumped to mind for me was something that you know when the last Evangelion movies were coming out, I was thinking about okay, what kind of game would I want to play? What kind of Ava game would I want to play? And I I still think you could just play Cobwebs without changing the rules at all and do Evangelion and that. So I was I was wondering if have you guys ever thought like, oh yeah, I think this would be a really good game to just run something like that, and I really wouldn't have to do too many changes to it. Jeremy, to you. We used to, uh, we used to go back and forth. Yeah, we, yeah, we used to do that. Uh, <laughs> I remember that. Um, but uh, this is actually really fascinating because I'm running uh, a Band of Blades game that I've uh, famously on the show I've betrayed Adam about uh, many of the chat last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, were all. A bunch of Gundam fans and uh, Mecha fans, and so I had re- the reason I started the Band of Blade game again was because I watched Gundam Unicorn and Gundam Hathaway. Uh, for anyone that's a Gundam fan, uh, if not, Gundam is a war story uh, using giant robots. Gundam Unicorn and Gundam Hathaway specifically examine like the protagonist kind of trying to play to both sides of the war and like trying to see both both ends and basically what this is culminating to is that for our game we've basically been reflavoring we've changed nothing about the playbooks we've changed nothing about the rules of the system to accommodate like a new flavor of it and it's been working out swimmingly all the zombies are now uh, rogue AI Gundams that are like destroying the countryside it's very like uh iron-blooded orphans which is very not space lasers but more like giant slugs uh giant slug bullets and stuff like that um big heavy like spears and swords no like energy Mm -hmm. weapon and so uh i think that forge in the dark system has proven to be a game that you don't have a lot of changing because if we look at scum and villainy and band of blades the only thing Band of Blades like adds custom rules wise is changes quality to threat levels uh, and makes it and does a little bit of writing that makes quality make a little more sense. And then Scum and Villainy added gambits to risky rolls and as like an extra, like a, an alleviation of the push yourself mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, like there's not really a change in how the games operate because they're still a micro and macro game. Uh, and obviously PBTA has like no one's really like rewritten the rules of PBTA games you know like we have different flavorings we have different fictional positioning rules uh we have different playbooks but ultimately the system is is the same um like i think about uh monster of the week i think about dungeon world i think about uh uh, powered by or the apocalypse world i think about and, I, and as I, like, run these games through my head and their rules, I don't really see, like, how... I don't think I've seen any, like, really big custom rule changes. I think about the difference between, like... I guess Heart, the City Beneath, is a little bit different from Spire, to my understanding. I still haven't read Spire, but I believe the resistance system is relatively the same. So, like, I think what it really boils down to is... Writing 
I don't want to say the words system agnostic material <laughs> because your question is about writing for system. Yeah. But I think there's sort of like an artistic pursuit or scholarly and uh, scholarly intent to um, put your thumbprint on a system, like innovate. Mm -hmm. I think I think sometimes and maybe subconsciously. I'm not saying anyone's like I want to be the next like. God, what a terrible comparison. I want to be the next Van Gogh of like the RPG world, right? But like, that's not necessary. And I think a lot of people have proven that by just creating settings for 5e, creating new subs for 5e without really changing any of the base mechanics. And mm -hmm. as you're talking about creating this funnel for DCC, um, you know, they add, didn't really add changing. So I think the mentality when it comes to not only like talking about for your question what systems I think are good for just writing something on top of, I think it's also the the understanding or the permission that people uh, people can get from this show is that like you could write uh, another fiction, another theme, another setting for like Band of Blades and Gundams, Blades in the Dark, but it's not steampunk. It's uh, uh, Sword and Sandals, right? It's um, you know, Iron Sworn, but Star Forge, and I know that uh, Sean Tompkins has like Iron Sworn is a good like system to do some base stuff on, and even like card games or tarot games. Like, what we already do it with like games that use blackjack mechanics, right? You're not changing the rules of blackjack; you're just adding theming on top of the elements, right? So like that's also an example of games that uh, you can create supplemental. What do I want to say? fictional rules fictional theming for right i think we're running up against i'm pretty sure it was during one of uh spencer's coffee things uh gila rpg what what does he call it does he call it coffee Co break? coffee break coffee yeah yeah, break yeah. With, uh, gila rpgs i think it was again the episode that dan was on um dan dan types of gen room games um or something that dan tweeted after that was the idea of um adventure as rules supplement um, and I think mm. I've been thinking about that a lot, right? Because, yeah, you're not rewriting the rules. Everyone knows what we're working from, but maybe we're just adding something a little bit extra in there in that, in that mm. adventure. Mm -hmm. So that was something that I actually put in the chat while they were talking. <laughs> 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 it all comes back around to the Tabletop Colin show. <laughs> I only watch like 25% of That's any given thing that my friends are doing. <laughs> No, they, they talked about it for a while, so it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I think just back to like the original thing real quick, I do like the idea of not changing the rules because that makes you do a lot of like weird thinking about things. Mm -hmm. So like yeah. running a classic dungeon crawler, but being told like, oh no, actually you are, you know, 70s teens. Like that changes the way that you would run an adventure with 70s teens because some of them have bows and you got to be like well what is the bow equivalent yeah it says i have a sword what what actually is that like because obviously it's not something you got from the blacksmith down the way in exchange for you know something else <laughs> but yeah maybe you get a baseball bat from the sporting goods store or five iron mm -hmm. right like oh I'm, I'm given one spell i forget if i don't know if in dcc funnels you can have a spell but like in DCC, you can. So, like, oh, I'm still this 70s character, but I have a spell. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, what is a spell in this right. movie? It's is it, exciting. Is it just 
some funny device that I have that like is indistinguishable from magic. What what's going on with that? Yeah. So I think that I think there's a lot of potential for basically any game to just run it wrong, but don't change anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I think I think a lot of the the dunking that you mentioned that happens to people that try to force five e into any given box is like that those people are doing a ton of work to like change the game to do something it doesn't want to do, which like again if you if you want to do that by all means go for it, but there's something like magical about not changing a damn thing and mm. then seeing what happens like you with your, with your mech mechs in band of blades, you didn't change the rules, yeah. but everything's different. So then every time that there's something that references that original setting, you got to be like, Oh, well, what, what have we yeah. changed here? And it like forces you to do little world building in mm-hmm. to like resolve the dissonance between your setting and the setting provided in the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you asking me? Oh, well, <laughs> that a it, was, it was, you know, it's a thought. Yeah, you could chime in if you want. Um, no. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of cool stuff to be done there, and then the idea of adventures, adventure supplements as rule supplements. Yeah, it kind of can follow from that. You could do that officially. You could be like, hey, this is now a rule supplement that is an adventure that is like the '70s adventure. And you could either do what what um, what was the name of this again? What crater blackout blackout and crater yeah. valley does, uh-huh. and just like it sounds like not mention it, which rules. <laughs> you could also do here's like here's what this means. Here's what like here's a table of changes. Like swords are now baseball bats, bows are guns. This that right right. But you don't really have to. It's there's just a lot of there's a lot of play that you could do as a designer. Which, um, yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, seems like it could be a good idea for a jam. Hmm, maybe I'll mm. think about that. <laughs> supplements <laughs> for the wrong right game. <laughs> yeah, right, supplements, <laughs> supplements for the wrong game. <laughs> so, well, it looks like I think you have someone else in the queue, and I know um, I think you guys only talked for an hour, so I will hop out. But like I said, glad that you're back. Thank you for having me. Um, love to listen to all the uh, uh, hashtag Juice Squad, hashtag Juice Squad, hashtag go. Juice Nation. There we go. It's coming back. I'm making a shirt. Buy my buy our merch. Is, it, is that the plug for the week? <laughs> hashtag yeah. Juice Squad. Hey, me and Grace oh, have been oh, talking oh. about it. You might see Juice Nation uh, a shirt soon. If we're plugging, um, my Twitter is uh, Madster895. If anyone wants a honk avatar, DM me and I will make it for you. <laughs> <laughs> this is honk. This is contribution to the RPG space right now. <laughs> yes. Good. Yeah. All right. Have a good one. All right. Same Bye. Night. Thank you. Yeah, we do indeed have another caller. Do you have any mm-hmm. parting thoughts for the recent conversation, or do you want to jump into it? Let's let's go. Let's give let's, let's go. Give Jay, the time to talk. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to the Tabletop Colin Show. Hello. Hi there. Hi. How's it going? Going all right. I'm a little I'm a little sick, but I was like, oh, it's like a radio. I get to listen. I get to call into a radio show. I just thought, <laughs> yeah. You're so charmed. Um, hi. I Okay, so I've been thinking about um, things that aren't 
game mechanics almost. Sure. Um, I'll okay. I'll I'll lay out what I've been thinking about in the specific case, and I don't quite know how to bring it to the general case. But I've been working on a on a little thing for you know the next big next big Possum Creek thing, Yuzebas, and um, in it I've made a table of mushrooms, mm-hmm. and the mushrooms have no mechanical impact. Sure. Um, it's they're just real life mushrooms, and it's just a list of actual mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are rules for finding mushrooms, and advice on what on how to correlate the game mechanics to the actual mushrooms you find. There's no actual rules for them. Or I guess in a in a similar example, I've got another game where there's a, a detailed description of insomnia over like hours spent not sleeping. And there's no mechanical implications for the insomnia, but it is specified in the back of the book. Like this is what insomnia is like over time, like emotionally. And so I guess what I've been thinking about is sections of the rule book that don't have rules, <laughs> but they're not lore. They're like, there, there's, there's something, there's something there. And I'm interested in your thoughts <laughs> on things like that. And I don't know what, what are you, what, where are you at? Like, what is your th- thoughts on that zone? Of things that aren't rules but are tables and do inform play but aren't themselves mechanical. Right. They're kind of like toys that you're handing to players. Yeah. Like, here, play with this. Do something. Yes. I've actually <laughs> been calling them toys. We're <laughs> working on them. <laughs> but they're like a they're like a weird thing, right? And I, I, I feel like like I'm not the only person in the world to ever have toys in a game. And I'm wondering, are you, is that a thing you've ever, is that a thing you've, like, I don't know. What are your takes? What are your thoughts? What is, <laughs> yeah. I'm, in, I'm into it is my, my main thought. I think that's cool. I think that that's a great way to um, build setting without like saying, hi, I'm building setting and this is the setting. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, there's a bunch of mushrooms here. There's like, these are things that just exist. Like insomnia happens and it sucks. You should think about that when you're playing. I'm not going to tell mm-hmm. you what it does to your character rules wise. Cause mm-hmm. that's on you to, to like mm-hmm. role play. They're kind of like a little role playing. How to? Yeah. Yeah. They're like a little role playing thing. And right. like, mm-hmm. they, they, it sort of like plays into this concept of RPGs that like other game styles don't have as much. Um, mm-hmm it's not as available to designers of other types of games. This like mm-hmm. the players are here to like take everything that you give them and turn it into something, even if it's useless. Like if mm-hmm. you put a table of mushrooms in a board game rule book, it probably would just never get looked at. They'd probably mm-hmm. be like, what is this? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm going to board game geek. Hi, how do I use the table of mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> I feel very I love game and you're only a PDF. <laughs> <laughs> Cursed. Uh. I just I just am increasingly drifting towards like games that don't have that are just tables of mushrooms. And <laughs> I feel like I feel like I don't know, there's either something really productive there or really unproductive there. Um right? Right? Yeah. Like, is that nuts? Is that, isn't there something there? That's all. Well, well, I think mm-hmm. I think that when... Uh, <laughs> no, I, here's, here's my thing. I think you open the question with, like, how? Mm-hmm. What? what is the 
sort of like value it's kind of like what is the value of the toy that is not uh strictly mechanically referenced right mm-hmm. and i know uh in the past i've had adira on draw your dice uh and she did not mention this on the show but after her episode someone else mentioned how she brought up a conversation about explicit and implicit mechanics mm-hmm. and um I can also circle this back to Band of Blades. So in Band of Blades, when you do the micro uh, phase, like what you would do in a heist for Dark, um, which I also have to assume that anyone listening to what I say has played Blades in the Dark, um, <laughs> y- you you do a debrief. You do like you have three missions you can do, or two to three missions you can do, and they have a debrief. And the book instructs that when you give the debrief, there are both mechanical penalties and fictional penalties as well. So in the debrief, uh, for example, my playgroup on Sunday didn't pick a mission to fight like this giant mobile armor, multi-limbed Gundam or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the mission they're going to auto-fail. They're going to take a penalty from that and they're not going to... And the description piece is kind of the same as the mushroom table. It has no really like mechanical weight, but it does have like fictional implications. And there's an additional piece to for them specifically but now in my mind as the gm i'm like okay they did not deal with this thing that came out of the room it's moving ahead of them so there's like fictional consequence to that it's not a mechanical mm-hmm. thing but it's more like i want to bring the immersion of the play the world space uh, uh responding to the player's choices right mm-hmm. for the toys conversation which i think is really interesting let's take a little like lego person mm-hmm. right uh if I just set a Lego person on the carpet and I want to do some imagination, the world's my oyster, right? Like, I can I can pretend this little Lego person can fly. I can pretend that this little Lego person has a job. I can pretend that this little Lego person has... I can bring another Lego person in and be like, oh, they are a couple or friends or it's a, stu- it's a mentor-mentee relationship or whatever. I can decide a relationship for them. So when I think about this, uh, this conversation of... Uh, I have this table, and there's no mechanical rules for it, and I'm just presenting it to the players. I think that what you're offering, and I think toy is a perfect way to look at it, is that any person that looks at that mushroom table can add mechanical benefits if that's the kind of brain that they are, right? Like, oh, you ate uh, this particular fungus that has these sorts of properties. You will decide that you heal health whenever you eat this. Now, you, the designer, didn't write that, but that person, based on the game and the table they're playing, has like, I would like mm-hmm. some mechanical brevity mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, another brain that could be like, oh, this is a cool, like, setting piece to help me describe maybe a stew that they're having or mm-hmm. a, a risotto. I'm getting big into, like, using modern traditional stories because I'm sick of eating potato porridge every day. Yeah. Um, so, like, let's fucking eat pizza at our... Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to play with your table. And I, I think it's both in, like a concept of emergent play and emergent design at the Like you're allowing the people at the table to do design work for your game if they so choose. And, uh, it's kind of, uh, what's the word, uh, exponential in that exponentially creative in that if a person does want mechanical to the mushrooms table 
-hmm. they could potentially write like a supplement for like hey there's that cool mushroom table in in j dragon's game uh Mm -hmm. i have this like one page supplement that i did uh mechanical stuff for all the tables because it wasn't in there and i provide that for other people who may think like me right so i think that toys is a perfect way to describe it and i think it's like Mm -hmm. a really big possibility for emergent narrative emergent design just emergence in general Have you had the chance to read Under Hollow Hills yet? I have not. No. Okay. You should really read Under Hollow Hills. Not to be not to be <laughs> the, the lump stand in the chat, but uh Vincent and Meg released Under Hollow Hills finally, and it's uh the best PBTA anyone's ever written. Uh and it also uh undoes all of like the design assertions that PBTA has made over the past decade and a half. It's really mm-hmm. it's really very good. Um, and I have a favorite move, and the favorite move changes, like, once every couple of months. Mm-hmm. But can I tell you my favorite Under Hollow Hills move uh, at the moment? Yes. Uh, when you serve someone tea and honey cakes, Already roll. Good. Your magic can help them change their fate. On any hit, they may, as they wish, become invisible until the next setting of the spheres, sun or moon. On a 10-plus hit... Choose one of the following that they may, if they wish, also receive. Comfort, common courage, good fortune and increase up into and including a coming child, progress towards summer, insight into the weakness of their rival or enemy, some favor of the one they name, and if their intended refuses, it's an insult to you, your magic, your tea, and your cakes all. On a miss, they choose one of the above to receive for themselves, so they do not become invisible. Hmm. That's a it's a PBTA move that has no mechanical implications. Mm-hmm. It just tells you that you if you if you succeed, you can help someone turn invisible slash like help them have a child if that's what they're looking for, mm-hmm. or comfort and calm, <laughs> or like insight. It's like it's just a very like weird, beautiful move about tea and honey cakes that um I feel like I don't know. Like, I feel like a worse version of it would give you, like, plus one forward. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, it's by... like, the, sub- the subtext there is, like, uh, how does this relationship, this this moment here, and this deepening of a relationship change your future? Like, that's the yeah. bigger, like, subtext here, right? Yeah, exactly. And that there's no, like, mechanical framework for, like, what does it mean for it to change your future? But there is just this, like, kind of like the the narrative possibility space is just very mm-hmm. very wide open um and it is I an think... interesting choice to not include like a plus one forward as an option there because mm-hmm. by not including that then you're making people like choose these very cool things mm-hmm. but if you dangle and... the little number in front of somebody's face they might just do this move to get the number and then that's yeah not nearly mm-hmm. as cool but when you yeah, don't and, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah 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 and progress towards summer is technically mechanical because um, the the way under Hollow Hills there's not a there's not a continuous advancement. Your character fluctuates between two states, and that kind of is the the advancement in that it's not about growth but instead change. Mm-hmm. Like instead, like your stats change over time. They just don't change upwards. They change like they they roll back and forth. And so mm-hmm. progress towards summer is part of that, but it is much more of a narrative thing like that's not worth it like it's not worth rolling the dice to get progress towards summer like it's it's worth it to roll the dice if progress towards summer is something meaningful for you Mm -hmm. uh 
so some, serve someone tea and honey cakes is my favorite under Hollow Hills move right now. And I know it is getting to the end of the hour. I just wanted to come in and <laughs> with my low fever and bedridden state, tell you about mushrooms and also my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been great. That's what the show's for. So true. Please read Under Hollow Hills. I beg of you. If you if you design games, anyone who designs games should read Under Hollow. I will run Under Hollow Hills for people because I want them to to read it so badly. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'd please. Like That's all. Yeah, I'm really bad you. at reading PDFs, so I've been kind of waiting, no, I hoping for the, yeah. <laughs> the book to come out someday. I know the book, the book is on its way. It's also the sort of game. It's a very dense game because like. Every single playbook has four moves, and there's 15 playbooks, or however, there's like a bajillion of them. And then, like, there's also a bunch of things about a playbook you don't understand how cool it is until you're playing the game. Like, there's an in, like, you get inventory that gives you stuff, like, um, on the same character as the Teen Honeycakes character, you get, um, a changeable cloak of real and embroidered feathers, warm and waterproof, or like, a tiny golden crown pin it to your cloak and you may go as a bird. And there are, once again, no rules associated with these bizarre magic objects you get and you don't appreciate how cool they are until you're playing. Mm -hmm. So it's just a really, but I, it's a very cool game. Um, if you get the chance to play it, I really recommend playing it. Um, that's all. Thank you. Cool. Take care, everyone. Thank yeah, thanks for thanks for calling in. If you wanted to plug anything else besides Under Hollow oh. Hills, you're welcome to here at the end. Of um, hi. Uh, Bed and Breakfast is coming in a few months. Keep your eyes out. That's the game with the mushroom table in it. <laughs> um, follow me on Twitter, I guess, or I don't know. You don't have to. You can just find. You'll just you'll get ads for it. Bye, everyone. Awesome. <laughs> Bye. Peace <laughs> out. And that was uh, Jay Dragon of Possum Creek Games as well, because I don't think we asked Jay. Uh, the name at the top and that's i mean that does indeed take us to the top of the hour uh jeremy have any parting thoughts parting parting wisdom parting <laughs> what are we doing next yeah, week? Uh, real quick because for the, week, for the it's, viewer it's, it's already done for rise the, and grind baby <laughs> oh my god for the astute <laughs> viewer that knows our schedule the first the first and third monday of every month of course is the tabletop call-in show talk show where despite still being called the call-in show we don't take calls we just talk the second and fourth which of course today is the fourth is the tabletop call-in show call-in show and then the fifth monday which happens to be next week is the bonus show which is whatever we want to do so if we jeremy if you had any idea you wanted to tease <laughs> or maybe we should so, probably talk about it <laughs> off uh, the air. Maybe sure. Let's make a false promise that we may or may not keep. Yeah, here's Monday. here's here's the false promise. Um, at us on Twitter with a food ingredient. <laughs> oh, we're doing that. Oh Christ! <laughs> what do you think? That's gonna have to be through. This is not gonna be as nice audio, but I'll do it. Who cares? I'll <laughs> okay. That's... All right. What were you gonna tease? Let's just tease them both. And then I was gonna tease the one where we didn't do the work in front of the camera, but did the same thing. So, so uh, I don't know. What the that two means. ideas are either here. Here it is. We'll leave it up to the viewers to decide what oh. what we do here. And then uh, also we'll just decide. 
Yeah, also, the, the we'll viewer's decision is totally not veto that if we decide on Sunday. <laughs> um, what a terrible way to tease something. We're doing great. Uh, this yeah. is good. So the two, the two ideas are either we do a live chopped where you, the viewers, give us an ingredient and we will make food in front of you while we talk about bullshit and also maybe set our house on, houses on fire. Mm. Uh, and then the other is a, a simple uh, trendy mukbang where me and Adam okay, will that's eat. that's not. <laughs> and that is an idea. You, you said we could do it. Nobody wants to listen to our fucking mouths slamming into the they microphone wouldn't. we wouldn't be up on the fucking on this on this guy right here well we'll be over here and then you could only you two i'm not allowed to or <laughs> well our current idea is something food related that's the important thing so if you could send us <laughs> if you... i'll just be eating oatmeal for an hour straight <laughs> If you could send us one ingredient of your choice, uh, then we will pull. If we do do this on Sunday, Jeremy and I will pull together a, an amount of ingredients which we're forced to go purchase and, and turn into a meal on next Monday. Or this just won't happen. And sorry if you wanted it to. <laughs> yeah. Sorry if you really want to see Adam and Jeremy do chopped digitally. I bet. I bet it'd be good. Jeremy, I don't know, but I bet you're you're a good cook, right? I did go to school for it, yes. Right, you were a food guy. Yeah, I cooked for <laughs> ten years. Yeah, professionally. So probably, you could you could. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling. <laughs> <the truth>. <laughs> <laughs> and my brother cooks, so it um, transfers. Right, that is how it works. It does transfer through family, Nona's, mm -hmm. grandmothers. Mamas, papas. Right. And, or just anything your sibling does for a career you are also good at. Yeah, my brother cooks in New York, so mm. like I don't burn my cereal, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. This has been the Tabletop Colin Show, the Colin Show edition. We will be back next week with some bullshit, and it'll be fun. I've been... <laughs> Adam Bell, uh, at Adam E. Bell on Twitter or your social media of choice. I do my best to never be on any of them, uh, but you sure can follow me there. <laughs> you can follow my personal void. Um, or you can get my games at adamebell.games. Look out for the upcoming Grasping Nettles. It's going to be really good. Or it is really good, but you'll be able to experience that fact instead of me just saying it's good. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Jeremy? Uh, I've been Jeremy Gage. You can find me at JeremyGage5 over on Twitter. You can listen to the Draw Your Dice podcast. Thank you for indulging us in the worst tease to a bonus episode that the viewers should look forward to, but now are questioning our personal existence as no. a show. Look, they know whatever we do is going to be great. We just can't commit to <laughs> yeah. it now. Because what if... <laughs> I don't want to be like, we're definitely doing this thing that is logistically... Yeah, we're definitely going to spend $100 on ingredients. Well, hang on. I was thinking more like... Episode. <laughs> no. We're not even Twitch affiliates. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's why I don't yeah, want to that's... promise it. It's logistically hard. It could be expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest. It's a big ordeal, but I'm here to try. 
If someone says, make me an omelet, um, um, we will fight about the French style of omelet cooking all day. I don't eat eggs, so I won't fight you. Oh. <laughs> or anything that came from an animal. Listen That's to the Draw Your Dice podcast. The viewers. Yeah, do that. Uh, and go pay Jeremy indie, for it, indie too. Game designers, yeah, everyone pay everyone for everything. Respect, respect the press. Uh, and that's it. That's what I got. That's it. All right. Taking us away. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for Goodbye. coming. Bye.